and uh, manu nivi and ananya got into it i think i hope based on our <laughs> recommendation but you know we wanted this to be our first ever like proper episode because it was the one show that uh, pulled us all into the realm of k drama i think it genuinely had an impact on us um you know for something that goes beyond the wholesome relationship of the show Sanjana says recommendation, but by that she means she laid down the trap with strong girl for me, Nivi, and Mansa to walk, and we just fell into <laughs> it like big time. After strong girl, there was no going back. <laughs> like K Entertainment opened up its big doors to us. I think for me, uh, I I was looking for something to watch on Netflix because my I think my my break had started at the time. um and uh sanjana had been recommending that i watch a k drama for some time and then uh, i was still hesitant so i think the first two episodes ananya and sanjana had to watch with me and then after that one episode one, one was it one i don't remember but i think we ended up uh, in a place where we thought we'd watch the entire thing but i was too impatient mm. <laughs> to wait for you guys so i ended up binging it i think in a, in the next 24 hours But yeah, after that, it's been a roller coaster ride that only goes up. You know, I think uh, starting off with Strong Girl is just us coming a full circle. Like it's, we've all, I think, mm. well explored the world of K dramas, and now here we are with our first episode back to I think. You know, for most of us, the first drama we started off with. So I think you know, it's it's I think it means a lot to us, and we're very excited to share this with you. Um, yeah. I think, uh, like Mansa said, we've come full circle. But while we were doing research for Strong Girl for this podcast, we still found it entertaining. Yeah. And I think that's one good reason for any person who wants to start off with K drama to start off with this uh, show because it's it it it, it brings you the entire package. You know, it's entertaining. It's moving. Uh, there's a a criminal element to it, and it follows through really, really well. All right. So now, for our listeners who are maybe not just looking to start with Strong Girl and want to have a quick idea of what it is, or for maybe someone who has watched it a very long time ago, this is we will do a quick recap of what the show is about. So yeah, Nivi, would you like to start? So the show is about a woman named Do Gong Soon who possesses uh, superhuman strength, um, and it's a, it's a trait that's passed down uh, the women in her family. Uh, the show also features uh, Min Hyuk, the CEO of Insoft, which is a gaming company. Um, he witnesses the Bong Soon's power, and because of a threat that he's facing, decides to hire her as his personal bodyguard. Um, and the third character that features a lot in the show is uh, In Guk Do. He's a police officer and the Bong Soon's childhood crush. Yeah, so I think after uh, Minyok employs uh, Bong Soon as his bodyguard, there are I think maybe two pa- parallel plots that run through the story. One being one revolving around Minyok and his company problems, and the more uh, and the one they focus on a little more, which is the criminal element. So you have a serial kidnapper slash killer, um, wannabe killer who is. is just plaguing the area where bong soon stays so the story really covers their journey i think the journey of uh, an manyok and bong soon as well as their i don't know their back and forth between this serial killer slash kidnapper 
So yeah, I think that is a very quick summary of what the show is about. Um, let's get into it, Sanjana. So I think something we should, uh, you know, first talk about is the characters themselves who pretty much made the show what it is. And maybe we can start off with Strong Girl herself, the Bong Soon. Um, so what did you guys think of her? How did she start? How did she end for you guys? I think for me, again, uh, this is probably influenced by the fact that this was my first K-drama that I was watching. I was a little taken a taken not taken aback but a little surprised about the way characters are portrayed in K dramas. I feel like the the number of layers that you see with characters was was very different from what I had witnessed before. And so you see this human being who possesses the supernatural strength that is what one characterizes with being a hero. Uh but at the same time she fears the strength that she has so she wants to hide it from the people around her. and yeah. she's she's someone who's cheerful wants to do the right thing uh, and in general like if i if i had to describe uh, the bongsoon in one word i'd say bright uh, that's how mm-hmm. she came across you know yeah talking about the superhero element i really liked how they portrayed bongsoon you know she was super strong and she had a whole superhero thing going for her but at the same time i liked how she wasn't afraid to be vulnerable or to be emotional and to just express that you know she wasn't um completely what, what is the right word immune mm-hmm. to like what people were saying and things like that which isn't something you'd see in an ordinary male superhero you know your marvel and your dc yeah so i think that was really really interesting how they sort of balance the exterior and the interior and how she I don't know she was still a very sensitive little human being as Anmanyo called a peanut sized uh, king kong. <laughs> so like carrying on from what Mansa says I I think it's because uh one thing about these K dramas is that they humanize the character no yeah. matter what they what they put the characters through they will show you all their quirks you know like the bongso could have been like she had a twin brother right she had a uh, wonky mm-hmm. her brother who was portrayed to be really smart and they could have easily carried that along and said you know what because she's a twin even she's smart she's strong she could have been the perfect package but they didn't do that to her you know they showed her to be a person who uh was not everything she had her flaws she uh was treated um more like uh she was treated harshly like no one sympathized with her just because she was strong mm-hmm. uh and she wasn't the brightest tool in the kit <laughs> i mean the brightest tool in the shed <laughs> not the kit i mean it's okay it's fine it is weird you know what never mind <laughs> you know i think this opens up an interesting line of discussion what did you guys think about her dynamic with guptu like how what did you feel what is your feelings towards the whole initial love flash obsessions so i did really i mean of course she is uh, one of my favorite characters of all time but i guess if i would have to pick out one aspect of her that i did not like at all that would be the fact that she felt that she needs to portray herself as a delicate flower in front of oh the god yeah right oh, so yes. i mean that's what yes. i felt about that relationship <laughs> with gukdu i mean of course he unintentionally uh, made her do this as well but uh, unintentionally i mean yeah okay yeah um, <laughs> i mean he saw her and he was sort of implying that 
she is the one um, that he means by that whatever the way he described a delicate person to be but yeah but the fact that she felt she needed to abend herself to that was a little bit sad i think we all do that sometimes but yeah to see that um, you know with such a strong powerful character was a little bit sad yeah i think uh, like what sanjana said adding on to that there were specific instances where i where well, gagtu really pissed me off okay because <laughs> there was this one point yeah honey uh, i think off. it was after <laughs> I think there was this one point uh, where uh, um Wongsun is like you know what I can take care of myself uh you, I'm much stronger than you think I am and he's like for me I don't know if this is a translation thing but the it, it said that for me you're nothing but a weak woman and I'm like bro that's not cool and this draws such a strong contrast to um a Minyuk uh, Minyuk's character yeah. right because uh, even though he knew that stronger uh bong song was who she is she he didn't go out of her way to uh stop her from being who yeah. she is you know yeah. like she he never restricted her to be a little girl or a little woman mm. which i think gaktu continued to do even after he realized uh bong soon's power no i i was just thinking about this from the perspective of socialization in terms of how women are and men are uh have the social norms that they have to conform to in order to be uh, accepted uh, i think is is yeah. a good way to put it but uh, this whole idea of the damsel in distress and the knight in shining armor was something that i think the drama challenges to a certain extent yeah i, I mean i think uh, the bongsun really thought that she had to be the damsel in distress at first uh but uh eventually discovered that she could be her own knight in shining armor uh and i think minhyuk helped with that uh i i don't know if, if gaktu was trying to be protective of her but uh yeah same as ananya i didn't really translate well for me towards the end you know i actually really liked how she sort of realized that maybe she wasn't in love with him but maybe just the idea of him like yeah. i don't know if it's just me but I feel like he she just idealized him you know like because that's how he came off as well he came off as a super ideal super uptight i don't know like a little dismissive a little condescending very condescending at some points but i feel like maybe it was around i think halfway through the show when she realizes that maybe he's just a friend and that's how i want to keep it and i liked how that you exactly. saw her transform you know how she just grew out of that mold and just started realizing that maybe there's more to life than just in gukto uh guys do you think if uh minyuk didn't know or if gukto knew from the beginning that um they had she had powers bongso had powers uh there would have been any change in the way they would have treated uh bongso let's start with a uh, minyuk's perspective actually like if he did not know that bongso um had powers do you think that it would have changed the way uh that relationship would have gone Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, Sanjana. Um, I don't think it would have changed for Minhyuk because from from my uh, understanding of his character, I think he's someone who doesn't really um care about what others think, and he's pretty solid on what his thought is. And so, because we have seen how he deals with knowing that she um. Uh, you know she has the powers that she does i don't think that he would t- treat her differently 
you know without it either i mean either way he wants to protect her i think that was something that we saw you know even towards the end even though he knows that he ha- she has powers like that and she's very well capable of taking care of herself um you know he said that he wants to protect her so i would like to think that it doesn't change yeah no i think the same same idea for me uh, i think the difference between uh, guptu and uh, minhyuk for me is is not that they know or don't know or what would happen if they had or didn't have the knowledge that she was powerful it's just in terms of personality that you can be protective but then there's a kind of protective that starts to get a little patronizing um i think when yeah. with minhyuk he he's the kind of person that would be protective but at the same time acknowledge that the other person you know is capable of being there but at the same time uh, i think guptu just feels the need to be obsessively protective uh which uh, didn't really sit well with me yeah i think there is a thin line chivalry and just you know over controlling overbearing masculinity and i think you could see that with the difference between guptu and uh, minyuk what i mean I, we can't really say for sure but at least i would like to hope that minyuk wouldn't have treated her in that way mm. because he seemed to respect her respect her ideas he liked the fact that she wanted to develop her own mm. video game and you know he sort of wanted to make that happen yeah uh i think one great thing about minyuk is that uh with regards to bongsun and him uh bongsun was really uh set on this mindset uh, i mean was restricted to this mindset that she is going to be treated badly she's going to be not treated with love and kindness because of her relationship with her mother the way kaktu was also towards her to a great extent right and minyuk really opened her up to uh, not just accepting who she is uh, but also putting herself out there in the way that she wants to see herself right like strong girl uh, the person who is there to protect others and use her power for good right and uh, i think that's where minyuk's character becomes very important in developing bongsun's uh, artistic go- growth which we can see towards yeah. the end and uh, like i think nivi also brought this point up in one of our previous discussions where uh, i wanted to ask whether uh, there was some kind of symbolism associated with her throwing walnuts at uh, kim jun hyung who's the uh, serial killer in this case maybe yeah, you can explain know, that uh, part i mean i'm quite frankly someone who finds poetic meaning in things that don't really have poetic meaning so this might be a stretch but uh, i was just thinking about how um from the beginning we have scenes where the bongsun who is afraid of her own power ends up using it the most for household related things and more specifically to break the walnut shells uh, so that uh, her parents can use it in uh, their recipes that involve uh, the walnut bakery that they own um and i was just thinking about how she ends up using the same walnuts at the end uh, in order to finally capture uh, the serial killer she uses it as a weapon um and it almost feels like uh, a tying in of the fact that she is finally coming to terms with the fact that her power can be a lot more than just household work it, that she can wield it the way that she likes uh, and it just that felt powerful to me 
Yeah, one thing I would like to add before we move on to Minyuk's character is the way in which um, the Wongso's power itself becomes a way by which society had reformed uh, in case of those school guys that were seen bullying another person. You know, like she stepped in at the right time and definitely beat them all up pretty badly. And these guys could have easily just hid from her and continued to do whatever bad things they did. But I think it's the inherent uh, human nature wherein if you're capable of doing something good and you have, you can find someone who will use this power to do good, you'll end up uh, following them. You, you'll end up making them your idol in, a case, in one way or another. Because if they can guide you to become a better human being, uh, which eventually did happen in case of these guys, because whenever Wong Su went and helped someone, these guys were there <laughs> to hype her up, you know? Like, yeah. She's our boss. You better not break her heart. We're going to do everything good that she wants us to do. And I think that's such a very nice idea about how uh, youths, if we have someone to uh, be a good role model, we will honestly put everything that's a very way. positive intake Ananya. <laughs> honestly it's very positive it's good stuff but i just think that yeah. these uh, the boys they were just impressed by the extent to which this girl could actually you know portray her power so that's why um, you know they actually looked up to her it's not because she was doing good they didn't care about that i think I mean, based on what I realized, it's just that she she could throw things like somewhere it goes to the moon and stars and come back. And then they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. She's so cool. Oh my God, I love her. It's not because she was doing good or anything. <laughs> um, You know, I actually do agree with Manvita. Like, I don't know if they admired her because she was like, yeah, a, exactly. like a good person <laughs> or whatever. I think she just scared the living <laughs> out of them. Like, <laughs> just scared. <laughs> but also, you know, I did particularly enjoy the whole um, gang, high school gang scenes because they assumed like they were a gang and she was their unofficial gang leader. And I don't know, I mean, initially, was it funny? Maybe like a little bit, it's a little bit of laughs here and there, but I feel like they really, <laughs> really took it um, a little too far for me. Okay, guys, uh, we've discussed Bong Son. I think it's a, a good point to start discussing about our beloved handsome hero uh so guys uh who do we start from what's your opinion on an minyuk sanjana i think perhaps he is one of my most favorite male k drama characters of all time Second i think day because day. yeah so i think it was because for me, the one, if I had to pick out one characteristic that completely stood out, that would be his vulnerability throughout the show. I think like shows, I was just never, I had never seen a show prior to that, that had shown a guy that way, the way that um, this show in particular does. And that was, yeah, really, you know, stood out to me. If I had to point out one particular scene and the scene, you know, it's something that I watch every week <laughs> is the scene where he's uh, he receives a text from Bong Bong and he just <laughs> melts at the text. It's such a simple scene and you could just pass it off as, you know, something cheesy that the, um, you know, the producers, writers did. But I think it was just so refreshing to see, uh, you know, a guy like that. And I think, um, I think 
I think writers can sometimes be afraid or maybe actors also be afraid to portray themselves in that way. So I think he did an excellent job. So, I mean, if I had to talk just about one character, that would be that for me. Uh, I think uh, one of the things that occurred to me the second time that I watched Stronger Bong Soon, uh, which was after watching some more K-dramas, was just the range of emotions that Park Yung-shik is able to portray through his characters. Um, I've only watched another show uh, that featured him, which was Horang. Uh, but even, even in that show, uh, he's able to show vulnerability so well. I think I, I, yes. just, I just really enjoyed, I think, Min Hyuk's character, like Sana said. It was very refreshing to see someone who didn't feel the need to be manly in order to feel like he's a CEO of a company or, you know, that he needs to be a certain way in order to be a good boyfriend. The fact that he didn't feel the need to restrict himself to what society perceives as a man. But I I think there are definitely points where there is that male arrogance that you can see. But it wasn't wasn't the type of overbearing uh, maleness I don't know if that's, a, that's really not a word, but take it, uh, that I saw with Gukdu. So I don't know, for me, the contrast was very clear, the, the two different kind of men that these two were. Yeah, but uh, didn't Bongson also like that about Gukdu, that he's so manly and all that? But I think, you know what, even though uh, Bongson was attracted to that idea of Gukdu being that way, at the end, she kind of realizes that that's not what she wants. You know, like, Minyuk, Min, uh, Minyuk is the one who actually let her, I mean, loved her, you know, and made her realize what she truly is. And that's when she realizes that Gagdu is not what she wants. Yeah. I think there's a definite, like, character transformation there. I, maybe, I think even when we spoke about this with respect to Bong Soon, we, you know, we pointed out that we didn't really like how she sort of obsessed over Gukdu, even though he wasn't particularly nice to her. Like, I didn't think he treated her very well. So, yeah, so I think, I think I, at least I saw an immense character growth there with Bong Soon. I think she grew into like this amazing person at the end of the show. Um, yeah, so coming back to Arn Maniok, the one thing that really stood out, you know, for me was how he viewed, you know, Bong Soon's powers. I like that he didn't even doubt her powers for a second. It never, like, it never struck him that, hey, look, there's a woman here who maybe doesn't look that strong, but she's actually super strong and she can, like, kick everyone's ass. And the best part was that he found it sexy. Like, I remember the first time he sees her in the police station and he looks at his secretary and he goes, damn, that, that woman is sexy. And I'm just like, okay, like, I, I dig this. I dig this character. Like, this is the attitude I need. This is the energy I need in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> That was too funny. Okay, fine. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, so just that I feel there was this unconditional acceptance on his part, which I thought was just very, very different from any of the characters there. And that's what really made him stand out for so yeah exactly that like he also mentioned that you know i think we covered this a little with pong soon like how uh, even though he doesn't have strength he wants to you know still take care of her and protect her and uh, i also think that he was such a calming force 
to Bongsun's power. Like, you know, in the beginning, he teaches her how to mm-hmm. rein it in, you know, with that game where she, you know, the things or whatever <laughs> it is. Like, I think it, he was really important for her growth, um, you know, to become where she, where she ended up at towards the end. Uh, do you guys think that, you know, uh, Anmanyuk uh, walked out of his family after his mother died, right? And in a way, he was isolated from his family, not accepted by his family, in a way that you would expect any son would be. Uh, and in the same way, uh, Bongson was not accepted for who she was in her own family. Even though that entire affectionate side does exist, uh, her mother never... Uh, really cared for her as much as she cared for her son and maybe the reason one of one of the things that Anmanyak did help Bongson realize is that you know family is something that you can always fall back on because that's one thing that he didn't have and he was wholeheartedly accepted into yeah. her family you know though even though uh, her mother always called him son-in-law since the beginning Oh. <laughs> yeah so i think in that way the relationship cemented even more i think yeah. what really drew me to his character uh, apart from the way that he was was that uh i don't know he th- that one scene this is way towards the end of the show where bongsoon has lost her powers and is is tied on the rooftop just the sheer amount of effort that he puts into trying to trying to save her no remember no, no. when he says amanyuk says that he is going to die with her if it like if yeah, they, if she yeah. goes down he wants to go down yeah. with her and i'm just like give me this boy <laughs> he's he's so at peace with that idea that he's so like the amount of love that he feels mm. for her is is portrayed so well it was almost like peaceful in that that affection that they had for each other was so wholesome yeah true true yeah need me some min min lovin i think <laughs> i remember when i watched that episode it was literally at around 1 o'clock in the night or something and i was just do she cries so realistically like oh my god the way she screams yeah and i'm just texting sanjana side by side i'm like full tears i'm like what is happening this is so painful to watch <laughs> it was so good i think one thing about k dramas is that they pour in the true raw emotions it's not the uh, beauty beauty yeah. cry or something it's, it's literal actual cry like all <laughs> fluids all over your face nose red ears red crying <laughs> You know so I think this kind of takes us into the dynamic between Bongsun and Anmanyuk. So let's let's talk about that. What did we like? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot we loved about that dynamic and maybe what did we not like about um you know the whole relationship. I think uh for me something and this is possibly my own opinion and I didn't get to watch the whole show before this recording. Uh but from what I remember, I feel like the transition between Bongsoon realizing that that Ingukdu is just a friend to realizing that Park Hyung Shik is the one for mm. for her uh, seemed a little sudden to me. Mm. Um, uh, it was clear for a long time that Minhyuk liked Bongsoon, uh, but again, this is just a matter of portrayal. I don't really have a problem with the story, but I, I again like there's in the affection that they had for one another. There's just so much warmth. 
yeah. I, I, I really, really enjoyed the scenes where they had, even before they were in love with one another, just the bickering. Uh, you, you could see the, the, mm-hmm. the rapport that they had was very natural, I think. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so I think, I agree. I thought it was so, so playful. Like, I loved their interactions. Honestly, the humor that came out from just them just interacting was probably the funniest yeah. throughout the show. Like, I didn't even think there was a necessity to, like, bring in, uh, you know, the, the crass mm-hmm. humor we will talk about a little later. Um, you know, there were a couple of scenes which I found so amusing. Oh, like, yeah. the one where she's carrying him. And, you know, he's, so he's, he hasn't actually passed out. But he pretends like he's passed <laughs> because he just wants to be carried. It's like, <laughs> and you know, in the hospital where he's like pretending like he's so hurt, and he's actually not. <laughs> it's just so funny. I thought that was so so cute, and genuinely they had great chemistry. I thought the actors themselves. I watched a couple of their interviews post um, the show. And I thought they had yeah. such good chemistry. Um, I would have to agree with Nivi on that. You know, I think um, Fong Soon's, uh, uh, you know, f- affection towards Minhyuk was not as gradual as Minhyuk's affection towards her. And I have actually, like, you know, while um, doing a bit of uh, recap and research for this episode, I have noted it down. I was like, I think, yeah, perhaps it was a little bit. But I think that would also be a little uh, nitpicky about it because it doesn't really bother you. Because you are for rooting sure. for mm-hmm. it and you know that um, he's good for her. And they do sort of yeah. have a friendship, you know, before they get into uh, their actual relationship, which I love, which is, I think, something mm-hmm. that um, other shows fail to portray. That it's not, you know, sometimes it's just not love at first sight. It's a sort of gradual um, build up. And so I think that was uh, shown, like, it was, they did a great job of showing that. You know, Talking about the one-sided thing, was this just me or did you feel like Bong Soon never said I love you until like towards like the end, like the fag end of the show? I thought that there were so many instances where he would like expressly, um, you know, declare his love and affection and she would be sort of like, mm, about it. And I was just like, what is happening here? Like, I feel like it came, I mean, we we figured it out later when she spoke about how she was different and she didn't think that anyone yeah. would ever like want someone like her and I saw where she was coming from but what were your thoughts? If I was I a dude that... I think I would uh, <laughs> I would go for her because she's so f***ing cool <laughs> um, I think that had to do with the fact that um, you know because of Gukdu's influence on her I think it was hard to let that go for her I think mm. that was the reason um, she didn't. She wasn't really responsive to Minhyuk, but it also. Um, I think it was just the build-up for their friendship, which I don't mind now. In fact, I've like you know gotten used to that sort of build-up. I think it makes that relationship all the more special. I think, uh, and again, this is um, details about Bong Soon's love life hasn't really been revealed a lot, apart from what we see with Guptu and uh, eventually Minhyuk. But I really feel like, uh, and if I'm right, this was the first love that she felt that was reciprocated. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of nervousness that's attached to that as well, Uh, especially given the fact that she's not ordinary. She she feels like, 
I mean, it, it, this is this is my analysis of her character. She feels like giving her giving up too much of herself will only lead to her getting hurt in the process because that's all she's known for the longest time. Um, and I feel like it took some time for her to build that trust. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as as I said, it still felt yeah. a little sudden the the place that she was at where she thought that she had a good rapport with him and then eventually just realized that he was it for her. But uh, I see where she's coming from as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that after a point, uh, when the relation relationship starts to develop, uh, the drama kind of goes on f- uh, fast. You know, like uh, keeping that in mind, I don't think that there have been moments where she has explicitly said that she loves him, but there are several actions and incidences which speak. for itself you know and there was this one scene where um her brother uh bonky uh, talks to hiji and she he's like we can't be in a relationship together because i don't think this is love and he talks about how his sister is happy because uh she she had explained to him that what she has found with anandyuk is destined love and uh when he explains that mm-hmm. love to her he says that she's happy because whenever he um whenever she sees his eyes uh he can see uh, she can see her reflection in them and her reflection is uh, really really happy so uh oh. i i don't yeah. think that um even though she didn't say that she loves him it was there yeah. like the scenes were indicative enough for it Hmm. Okay, so before we move yeah. on to like Guptu, I just wanted to bring up, you know, the um his secret man cave that uh, Anmyuk had. He had the painting of the pink. Yes. Can we talk about that? <laughs> oh, yes. oh, can I? Uh, yes. I think this brings us back to that point that we made uh, in the beginning of um uh in I think in episode zero where we said that. Uh, a lot of K drama plots involve you having met the person before. Yeah. I think this was not an exception to that case. <laughs> uh, I was definitely enamored by this woman who had saved his life while he was on the bus in the beginning of the episode, uh, and then eventually uh, goes on to see her as his savior and commemorates that in the form of that uh, that painting, which to me felt like him signifying safety. um and if, and i don't know like when i first saw it i, I the painting i didn't really hit me that this was the same yeah uh, this was this is her but mm-hmm. i don't know it feels so yeah. full circle that you know she came back to protect him again uh and eventually they ended up protecting each other i think that's yeah. just so cute oh my god my heart guys <laughs> <laughs> you know i thought the whole closet thing with the whole brothers fighting and how he would be put into the closet yeah. like regularly Ooh. and stuff that tied with the painting such an interesting reflection into who anmyuk was and i felt so like when they showed the scenes of when he was getting beaten up as a kid by his brothers it was just so sad i don't know like and but the one thing i found a little strange was how anmyuk didn't figure it out like how many women in korea do exist <laughs> who can pull back a bus if you saw a woman with the same power like a couple of years later and you go hmm well this is one of them i wonder where the other are i, I mean, mean anything's possible no <laughs> i don't know <laughs> for sure for sure you know one of the most iconic lines i thought i mean the one that really hit me 
was when he was i don't know what was happening i don't remember the context but he looks at her and he oh, says yeah. won't you like me back and it's just also so vulnerable and so sad i'm just like oh my god just like him back already i think uh, that an- analogy that you drew really made sense you know like how his brothers used to stuff him in a closet and now that he was independent he made that closet mm-hmm. as an entrance to his own world and the only person who was allowed into that world Bless. was Bong Son and they were staying oh. there together you know like even when people oh. came into the house trying to uh, i don't know kill Anmyeok because of his brother's plots they hid there you know that was their safe space at the end of the day so mm-hmm. that's a really nice analogy i feel Okay so now moving on to our second lead Gukdo um yeah what what do you think was the role that he played of course we have spoken to some extent about how we weren't particularly fans but i think you know what i want to know is you know we have Nivi with uh, who's infamous for her second lead syndrome <laughs> <laughs> um i'm curious what did you feel about Gukdo here and that's the second lead I have to admit that my second lead syndrome started strong with my first ever K drama. I did really feel for Gukdu. Um I I wasn't particularly fond of his tactic of loving her but at the same time being rude to her. Uh even his overprotectiveness mm-hmm. was just overbearing sometimes. Uh and I I don't know. I yeah. I I understand that there's usually this dynamic where and we we talk about this in story books etc where we say uh if a guy likes you then he'll like uh pretend like he hates you in the beginning and in in the playground we call it pulling your pigtails means that like you like the person and I I don't know I've never understood that analogy or been there for it uh but I I mean the care that he did have for for Bongsoon existed i think the way that he showed it was a slightly not so good way um mm-hmm. but i definitely did feel for him i i really i think he, the character the, the character was good the, um but i i really enjoyed his growth also i think towards he did make a lot of progress towards the end i feel where he acknowledged mm-hmm. that people can be strong yeah so like i know gaktu was not my uh, favorite second lead in the K-dramas I watched but I'll tell you what okay the one thing that annoyed me about him was that he only realized that he wanted uh, Bong Son when she started getting close to Anmanyak and that's yes. such an annoying behavior that's such an yes. annoying behavior I'm like I know that you're getting jealous but that does not mean that you come on and act like uh, she deserves to be with you when you're in a relationship with someone else okay uh, but you know what cred where it's due uh he went on and he allowed their relationship to grow and didn't do any anything kind of like a stab sabotage move that any second lead would do uh and respected Bong Son's decision in dating uh, Ahn Minyuk uh mm-hmm. it, it was quite a sad also you know in the end he has this necklace or something for her and when that doesn't work out uh yeah. and he i think there's a scene where he's playing basketball with Bongki uh and he asked him like you, you you knew that your sister liked me but you didn't tell me and do you think if you and he asked him back do you think if i had told you anything would have been different would you have loved her and that just ends there you know it, it's there for interpretation mm-hmm. and he goes back into his uh, car with teary eyes so it's i don't know i respect him 
but i did not like that attitude <laughs> i just have a question though but like you know you see that scene where he there in high school and he sort of implies that he wants that delicate mm-hmm. girl but did he mm-hmm. say that because he had a crush on her at the time or he did oh i mean i mean i guess because he he mm. said it he looked at her and he walked by honestly think <laughs> that that scene yes. i found that so annoying <laughs> i don't know like it you could see how much gokdo's preference you know affected bongsoon and it sort of just molded the way she would view herself for a very very long time like when he says i like small and delicate girls like i'm sorry but like okay <laughs> like where is this going <laughs> you know maybe um we will review it one at a different point i think it'll be interesting to see how we draw a parallel between like the yeah. second leads and how we felt for them but in this case i did not feel bad for gokdo i was surprised like i didn't i felt nothing i said you know what you don't deserve the girl so you don't get her so yeah, like i agree yeah i think it's a little extreme <laughs> i mean Uh, they come on their high school kids and uh, we all knew how we I were think, yeah, <laughs> i think you could blame that on them being in high school yeah, to some extent ex- but mm, not too much mm, yeah yeah i think he did he always had a crush on he always knew deep down that he did like her but he never did anything about it that's his fault i mean whatever he lost out yeah but the thing is the behavior that started in high school continued as they were adults as well so that's the thing i have problem yes. with like there was like gaktu in himself constrained him uh, constrained himself in expressing his emotions and in a way that affected bongson also i'm not saying that she should have allowed that to happen but uh it continued to happen and i think that's a problem that we see in society a lot you know like society tells women to be in a particular way and inherently that uh that sets in into our psychology and we become that way and we need someone to like come and make us realize that you know what you don't have to limit yourself you can have your true identity and in that case this was minyanik for pongson i agree with that but i mean it's mm-hmm. not totally uh, gugdu's fault i mean she's the one who wanted to be like that to suit his thing no he simply said it because he thought she was you know like that so he's thinking that i like you because you are like that but little did he know so he was technic that yeah, he just said that and she changed herself she didn't have to change herself but she did because she also liked him so i don't think it's fully his fault also I mean you don't have to change yourself for other people but she did whatever I think the question that has popped into my head that I thought was worth discussing uh and since uh you know I feel like uh this is perfect girl talk also but just thinking Ooh. about um how there have been situations that I have experienced where uh you know friends of mine or people just people that I know who and you know personal experiences as well where you you talk about how uh you like someone uh and that someone doesn't really reciprocate but as soon as you start to show affection for another person uh they immediately come in with the hey <laughs> what are you doing uh i i like you uh, i don't know why you're with the other person and i'm just like excuse me like that's unfair what do you expect me to do yeah 
you know i think that is that is actually a very very i mean arena pointed this out already as in that's exactly yeah. what happened in strong girl as well you know i think that is so unfair um and you know what like i agree with vanita to the extent that you know boxer did not have to change her set however i felt like she made it very clear that she liked him like you had to be absolutely like blind to your surroundings to not see that like she was very very forward i thought like she was so sweet and like i don't know and i don't think his his when he i mean i we come back to this one sentence he said when he was in high school because i feel like it set the tone for their dynamic you know henceforth but i don't think he said i like you because you are this but i think he said i like you only if you will be small and petite and like you know whatever and i say this because like post everything his idea of a woman is someone he can protect and like he keeps calling her weak and i don't know like i feel like this is maybe a syndrome we see in a lot of men mm-hmm. that they like their women to be a little submissive and like someone they can like overpower which is a little sick honestly um <laughs> i i think um there's obviously it's it's obviously hard to come out and say hey i like you but i do think that there were some very clear indicators which i think were received also it wasn't like it didn't go through mm-hmm. uh where whenever he he like uh, pushed her to to have her protected uh he, she would often say but i'm not your girlfriend stop treating me like your girlfriend you have a girlfriend and his his response is always like a question mark where it, and it wasn't a question mark of oh what is she saying i don't understand it was more of a how do i deal with this situation which i thought was really strange i mean if if that wasn't clear enough at that time and if he didn't feel like he that there was a perfect point for him to say but i do like you then i don't know when that point would have come i think the entire idea of um men trying to um at least to boost their egos i wouldn't say that happened in this situation i just want to add on to what mm-hmm. pansa said about you know men having the syndrome of wanting to be with women who are delicate and all like flowery and nice uh it also to a great extent uh gets portrayed in the professional environment as well you know i've seen we've seen this in school we've heard instances in school we've heard we experience this in college as well and pretty sure when we go ahead into our respective professions we'll experience that in workplace too wherein to a large extent uh men will try to you know get intimidated intimidated every time there's a vocal woman and there's only a certain extent to which we can shrug that off and be who we are after a point it does affect us it does affect our behavior and i just wanted to know like what is your what like we are a group of people uh who have really strong vocal women so how do you guys approach it i'm i, I know i'm deviating but i feel like we should address this i'm just spitballing here I but i think uh initially i was of the opinion that i have to actually funnily enough like bong soon that i had to change myself in order to be uh accepted by people whether it was people i mean irrespective of whether that was a romantic thing or not just feeling that pressure to to change myself 
Yeah, uh, and I think it it took some time for me. Uh, I think especially in college was when I finally developed that sense of uh, I can be whoever I want to be, and people can't tell me what it is that I am. I'm still learning, obviously. I'm I'm yeah. not gone into a place where I'm completely at peace with myself. Uh, but I I definitely am able to at this point detect when uh, people are trying to explain something to me that I already know, and I have no patience for it whatsoever. You know, I think. most of us go through this syndrome of you know morphing to fit in and then slowly maybe going through that phase where you realize that you don't really have to conform to anything to be accepted because if mm-hmm. they can't accept exactly. you as who you are then it's really not worth it and when it comes down to like the whole feeling like someone is trying to assert their dominance over you for no logical reason whatsoever i think the best way to deal with it is just say no like be extremely clear and put forward your opinions like hey i think you're trying to mansplain here or hey i think you're trying to like um i don't know you're trying to do something which i'm not okay with and just set that boundary i think especially in a professional environment yep that sort of communication is so important you know as we sort of move into a phase where we're like i don't know looking for jobs <laughs> hopefully getting a job i don't know panic um but yeah i think in such an environment i think it's very important to maybe set that boundary in saying that yeah. don't mess with um especially as women as all of us as women who will soon be entering the very rat racey um professional world it's very very important that we you know just establish who we are what we are what we're here for yeah okay so bef- uh like you know doing my research for this episode uh i read a lot of reviews and you know one character that was really unliked was bongsoon's mom um like you know for me i think she does represent uh people we see around us at least you know growing up and i think like she didn't affect me as much as you know some of the reviews were just you know sort of showing this outright hatred to her but i think um i'm sort of just inured to a character like her i just sort of accepted that you know she's a parent and she's going to be that way i mean i did understand that um like she there were obviously a lot of times where she took it a step too far but yeah i'm curious mm-hmm. to see what you guys think so i wouldn't call i mean personally like you said she was not my least favorite character or anything because i think it just comes with you being south asian uh wherein you just accept the fact that parents will have a say and will show you tough love um, throughout your life not even your childhood so i understand where she came from but i do not accept what she did like i think at one point it became very very evident that she did not care about bongso as much as she loved bongki and she did not even make rectifications on it and her father repeatedly asked her not to treat her like that you know like yeah. she just used to send him off um send her off to um minyuk's house because she thought that she he would be like an eligible bachelor because she doesn't have a great job and that's that's kind of very demeaning you know like your child isn't your um you know price pony so you just sell it off to someone else i don't think that's particularly true uh that's because um because uh, she thinks that because uh, bongsoon is really strong she can take 
you know stuff thrown at her because even she was in that uh she was like that even she had the power and you know she knew how she was being treated and she just wanted bongson to be tough enough to face that she doesn't want her to lose everything and you know she was she, was, she it's out of concern but when bongson told her that you know she still feels really bad that she gives more attention to the brother and stuff her mother was pretty understanding she was very understanding so yeah i mean it it does relate to this indian typical indian parents also a lot yeah no, i was just thinking about how actually what manvi said was so true it's i mean there is no loss of affection in this relationship it's just i feel like what ends up happening that um, at least i've become aware of is sometimes parents the concern that they feel um ends up being uh becoming such a driving force for them that it becomes everything i feel like that's probably true in in the case of bongsoon's mom um i i mean obviously having lost her power um and you know wanting to take care of bongsoon is 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 definitely something that i i see and i accept but also to ananya's point taking it too far you can't dictate someone's entire life especially once they're an adult um yeah yeah just because you are concerned about them or that you worry about them but i mean i don't know uh, i this is not true of uh, people that i know but i also know that there are in indian context uh, in a lot of indian context actually uh, an affection towards sons that isn't the same or equivalent to yeah. the affections towards your daughter i thought that was also kind of represented here but but again like it also goes to show that dialogue matters right between parents and children because uh once they reach that resolution once the mother became aware of what she was doing she really changed and i think that was also very important hey but the guys uh, that um, was this uh, mother right she does say that um, mm. when those two were young she used to never fall sing uh, but uh, you know uh, bungi is it Yeah, yeah, mm, he used to fall sick all the time so she had to give more attention to him i mean of course it sounds a little excusey but even she has a point i mean so like are you i think uh, what i'm able to understand from this is that maybe since uh, her mother has been in a position where she had power and she came to a position where she no longer had power she wants to make sure that a uh, strong uh, bongsu doesn't get accustomed to it too much and doesn't deal with her life uh, de- go ahead with her life only relying on her power she has to be both mentally and physically strong in that way but in particular yeah. to like sort of defend bongsu um, you know there's that one line where she says for being physically stronger than others my heart is that much weaker yeah. so i think mm-hmm. oh, the way she dealt with things the mother she did um, mishandle things but then you know when bongsu didn't bring this up it was sort of resolved i just wish it had ha- maybe happened mm-hmm. earlier Yeah. Do you know when that happened? You know, an interest when that they spoke to each other. That was when uh, she lost her powers. Do you know that, right? She lost her power, and then she was like so sad, and her mom yeah. started out and yelling, and she's like, "Look, I have feelings. This is like really hard on me and stuff." And her mom is like, "Okay, you know what? From now on, I'm gonna take care of you, just like how I take care of the son." Yes, yeah, so I think, and 
I think that is definitely uh, there was a definitely a lot of I mean a lot of relationship growth between Bongson and her mom. But let's turn this conversation to maybe Bongson's mom and her dad. <laughs> like how what did we <laughs> how did we feel about that dynamic? Like were we okay with the fact that her mom was so abusive and like I don't know like genuinely always had an issue with her dad. And her dad seemed like the nicest human being like You just seem like a sweetheart. I don't know where, why, what, why. <laughs> I think, uh, uh, it, I mean, her mom's character is such a strong contrast to Bong Soon. I feel yeah, we have Bong Soon, who's power, uh, who's powerful on the outside, very meek on the inside, and the mother who has, who was powerful on the outside and on the inside, and has now ended up being this. powerful in in trying to be powerful in character but ha, you know it has lost that in person the strength mm-hmm. of hers and i feel like her her trying to be as hard as she is is trying to be powerful be as powerful as she was before she lost her powers but i mean i honestly i i mean we talk about how it's not okay that men overpower or attempt to overpower women and Yeah, but I think the same goes both ways. Right? It's uh, there's a common mis- misconception that feminism means that men that women have to be better than men. Feminism is when you consider both be, to be equal. That there is no differentiation in power dynamics and gender. And I think it applies here too. If it it would have been unfair if the roles were reversed, and it's unfair now. I don't think it. I don't think physical. harm is justified anyway and i think bongsoon's mom did engage in physically hurting uh, bongsoon's dad on on several occasions and the bullying and the monitoring it was just excessive and unnecessary to me and i know that, that it was a, it was an attempt at being comical but i it didn't sit well with me at all it made me very uncomfortable yeah yeah so while watching the show her character didn't bother me much and i think that just goes to show the way we were i guess brought up and we've just become so accustomed to certain things oh bless you no so cute <laughs> that's okay man so that's completely fine oh, this is going on record please Can we keep yeah. that in? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. Um. Yeah. So that just you know shows how we were brought up, I guess, and how. But you know what is interesting is all the role reversals that Stronger mm-hmm. showed with uh, you know, with Bong Soon herself and her mom as well. Of course, it was you know her dad was such a sweetheart, such a sweetheart to the extent that I couldn't watch him. you know playing the evil man in nithe one class yeah. right so that's how strong his um you know his caring nature came through i think in this role uh but i don't know i am confused as to what their relationship really was um wongsun's mom and her dad uh it, it is really confusing but you do see her you know getting uh, jealous when he gets attention from gufu's <laughs> mother um did you know that uh, they both met when the uh, mother lost her power powers and then that yeah, yeah. yeah so technically the man accepted her when like when she was her true self and that was like the sweetest thing ever and then she she, she became all Tom and you know Jerry types. Honestly, the when the dad 
runs away do you remember like yeah. i think it's like the last episode the last but one episode and he and he decides to go all like bag grizzly and like i don't know live the wild life it was i i feel like it was long yeah. coming like honestly we <laughs> should have bounced a little bit <laughs> <early. laughs> they stretched it i felt like that last episode itself for me was a little bit of a stretch like it was cute of course but that is it it was um it was new it was very new for me to see uh, any kind of drama being closed up in that manner you know it was so well rounded i was i would say it was actually too well rounded yeah. i think we could have done without that last episode yeah. it was all cute and all that but they gave us you know exactly what you we want and i think um i think in shows when even when you they don't end up together that sort of realistic ending is sort of like you know leaving a little for you know the viewers to interpret on their own is important But in in Bong Soon, they just sort of wrapped Which it up. Which is the best part? Yeah. I wanted to see that happening. Yeah. I think we no, all wanted to see that like, happening, and it happened. I didn't oh, want no. to see that. I was like, you know, even though we want in it, I know that we want to see it. But I think when it was actually handed to me and like, here you go, this is the you know, exactly the fairy tale ending that you wanted. It didn't. Um, I don't know. It wasn't really pleasing to me. You know the. We're coming to the role reversal thing with the mom and the dad. I don't know if that was necessary. I feel like you know, let's put it in perspective. If it was the other way around, oh. would it have been funny? Like, I don't think. That would have been scary. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and this comes as a general commentary, like for the humor adopted throughout the storyline. I thought a lot of it was so unnecessary. Mm. Like the whole mom and dad dynamic was so so unnecessary. I was just wrong. I feel like it took away from the theme of like girl power, like which is what Bong Soon was trying to put forward. Then on the other hand, you have her mom like beating up like everyone, which was, I don't know. It just took away from the strength that was being portrayed. And I, I was not. I think they wanted to it. show the difference between using the power in a right way and in a wrong way in the same generation, using the same power mm-hmm. that was. you know inherited i think that's what the contrast is i think it wasn't absolutely unnecessary but they wanted to show that contrast like good to good use and not good use yeah interesting i think you know since manu brought up there were some things that were may perhaps unnecessary you know to wrap up our sort of character sketches we have characters like nizamuddin and bek sutak and you know the villain himself kim junhyong uh what did you guys feel about them were they Ooh. unnecessary were they i mean what what did they Ooh. add things Ooh. like that poop alcohol <laughs> manu i think you have a lot to i think after that and yeah uh the, uh, the one of the best scenes for me was i like the one where i loved a lot involved nizamuddin and also uh, sutak a lot there the, first of all the entire concept of the way comics are portrayed in k dramas are so hysterical because it's exaggerated so much that you don't expect it to ever be showcased in that way you know and that kind of makes it even more hilarious especially uh, that one scene where nizamuddin is just throwing water <laughs> at these people now <laughs> <laughs> like what bro how do they even think of this <laughs> and uh, that was really funny but uh, 
I think it had its moments though because Nizamuddin being a Hindu monk, uh, he was Nizamuddin first of all. Maybe yeah. it added to the fact that he was trying to purposely fraud people, but uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a bit of a stretch there. I think okay, so even again through my um, the reviews that I read, Nizamuddin was actually not a very liked character by some netizens. uh but i would beg to differ i know that we have opposing views as well but um, i would agree with ananya you know his addition was really comical and i found really funny i wasn't offended by the uh, inaccuracies that he portrayed i just uh, you know found it hilarious that all adds on to the fact that this guy was a clear mm. bluff and these people have got led yeah. on to it i think that's what they're trying to depict with the inaccuracies mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so um, yeah. Also, in addition to what Ananya said, you know, the their humor can be so exaggerated to the point where you mm. think that you wouldn't laugh, but you find yourself laughing out loud. I think that element of innocence to the show I thoroughly enjoyed because I mean there are a lot of shows that I want to watch with my family, but uh, you know we are Indians and there are certain things. Mm-hmm. It's just. I mean we just feel uncomfortable even though we probably shouldn't I don't know it's just the way I guess we have become accustomed to to things and mm-hmm. so that you know I don't know what exactly it is it's just a different kind of humor that you know you like I think it was mentioned before you don't have to be so crass about certain things they sort of found um humor in like uh, sort of slapstick comedy and Um, I don't know I just found it so innocent and you still thoroughly enjoyed it so yeah I like that aspect of Nizamuddin and characters like him too I don't know I think I have to disagree there because I thought that not only was it like a little culturally ignorant like it was a very I mean it was exaggerated and I guess that was as you said slapstick comedy but I feel like we're in the day and age we are I don't think that really I don't know if that really flows anymore like is that the kind of comedy we are looking forward to at this time at least for me I it's not something I enjoyed honestly when I rewatched it I fast forwarded any parts that involved some of them or the gangs because it's just so unnecessary like I I'm sorry I know I keep coming down to this but I feel like with their plot line they did a lot of these little side tracks yeah. which I thought was I didn't think it added to it like at the end of the day like keeping aside like cultural inaccuracy or whatever things like that just coming down to like the the show itself the question you have to ask yourself is would what does it add something yeah so i i just think that it was just not to my taste at all i did not enjoy those the, that that part of the show honestly i thought the comedy that was put forward by bongson and armenio mm-hmm. itself was sufficient to keep the show running i didn't really see the need to like deviate and get into the whole gang thing because i did not like the gang thing i thought there were too many people being beaten up and put in hospitals <laughs> and <laughs> i mean it was funny at first the guys when his teeth fell out and he peed himself <laughs> <too funny>. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah it's happening and at one point i'm just like wait which batch of people who were beaten up do you belong to like who are you 
I think coming to the fact that, uh, like you pointed out, there was a lot of things happening at the same time, uh, at several points in the show. But I feel like a few plot lines were a bit confusing or just left hanging. You know, when it comes to the relationship between, uh, Park Min Hyuk, uh, not Park Min Hyuk, An Min Hyuk and his father, like. After the hospital scene, it's just there. Like there's no, there's no continuation on that. There's, there's no understanding as to what was the family dynamics. Why was there such an abrupt mm. ending? There was no, like I would say, it requires closure, but it requires some kind of understanding. Like you need to, you know, bring that into a conclusive end, and that wasn't done. And I, I would actually agree with Mansa when it comes to. Um, the excessive uh gang behavior and things like that because instead of that i think they could have focused on the final uh details wait let's just not talk anything for a minute i know my my we is opening a pack of chips <laughs> open 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 is it very loud <laughs> yeah and we take us to the our man Mr. Killer. Okay, but before I get into Aman and Mr. Killer, I have to admit that for my second lead syndrome, I also sometimes have villain syndrome, and I I really did have villain syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Have you guys seen a sure, picture of him? Sure. I need to send you guys a picture of him. Yeah. Uh, I think the other character that I that I found interesting was uh the villain. I've seen uh the way that one de- develops these characters in TV shows and movies, but you have a criminal. uh but i think it it's only in k dramas that i've seen that that uh, a lot of the times the person who is evil is actually ordinary um and then some an event happens or something goes wrong and then they become really evil uh i don't think we saw the ordinary part a lot uh for the serial kidnapper but i found it so amazing that he was inspired by a play like his 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 whole plan yeah. was inspired by a play um I mean I don't know I feel like uh that just just the the way that he was he was this ruthless criminal who was ingenious as all hell uh not that that's a good thing but uh uh I don't know like he he was so smart he was on his feet all the time uh and he just I think you know in a way he really kept the suspense going right up until the end of the the season Yeah. See like that's another thing, you know, uh, a finer detail that they could have focused on his backstory, why is he killing people? Why did it start all of a sudden? Like they could have focused on that a bit more. Yeah. You know, I I agree. Like I was reading about them I was reading a couple of reviews and there was this one reviewer who had said that she didn't really understand how the criminal plot and then you've got like the little love plot how these sort of existed within the same show. but i think i honestly mm-hmm. think it was very well done mm-hmm. like if you were to look at just like the criminal plot i thought it was very strong on yes. its own like it wasn't like a comical thing it was like hardcore stuff and can we just talk about like the music mm-hmm. honestly it really alarmed me like it was very very good use of like sound effects i thought it was extremely alarming the music because the tone would just increase and it just yeah. made you more and more like uneasy <laughs> one particular incident that comes to mind when you talk about his ingenuity and it was when he was supposedly targeting guptu's then girlfriend uh, yes. jo hee ji 
and then he and everyone assumes that he's targeting her but at the end of the day he kidnaps the someone friend. else while the, the police friend. are you know protecting Jhoji ji no 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 he yeah. was targeting the, the girl's best friend the then girl's actually friend. but he misled them to Oh my god i thought that that was so like and they ended that episode on on like someone coming yeah. up to johi ji and then the next episode started off with it being gokdu now i was just like oh my god what happened and i agree with ananya i thought mm-hmm. i would have liked to know a little more about why he did what he did and the play thing it's an actual story so the the play is based off like a very old story i think so it's a, it's a play by anatol frank and i don't think it's completely accurate so i don't i i'm not sure if um this particular serial killers like whatever pattern was the exact same i don't know if it was the same with respect to like petite and small girls but i think that also changed um but i thought that whole thing was just so different like i have never heard of something like this like where you're inspired by watching a I, play it, do you know the also, play do you know the play? play the actual one Yeah it's about like this rich old man who like marries like seven like who's killed like seven of his previous wives and i, I was reading a small excerpt and his Whoa. present wife like opens the door and finds like seven dead bodies wow. yes um, one thing that i wanted to add uh, actually two things that i wanted to add one is that i just realized and we we'll probably have to fact check this a little bit but i'm certain that there's there's a reference to blue bluebeard in it's okay to not be okay uh, yes true and they they comically recreate this in black and white yes, at the end yes. of one of the episodes and it's the same thing it's bluebeard but uh, the other thing that i wanted to say in terms of his ingenious his way of uh, of, of staying mm-hmm. ahead of the police with yeah. with that cap uh, oh yeah that yes I don't know like there was the villain that he was really did instill visceral fear in me <laughs> every time he appeared on screen I was so worried <laughs> about what was going to happen I think K dramas do a really really good job when it comes to the crime scenes and everything like that because even in suspicious mm-hmm. partner yeah, yeah. it was so so good like so i was hooked on until the end as to how they resolved this entire issue without any evidence or anything like that and they did such a fine job like it's amazing i think even in uh, when the camilla blooms you guys have to watch it yes yeah you it's know. really really good like you will not see it coming so you know with strangle you have um like we discussed just now the killer who sort of asserting his dominance over the women he kidnaps to say mr o who is sort of an eccentric character you have anmin here who so who can be so vulnerable and uh, then you have guptu who's probably vulnerable too and but maybe just not showing it basically you know mm-hmm. this wide range i mean sorry range of men and their personalities so um what do you think i mean did they do a good job or um yeah what do you think how how do you think they did i think this was my very first experience with uh where i really questioned the way that men are portrayed on tv shows there was there is as as anna said such a spectrum in the depiction of men that we have uh but i think the the one thing that k dramas that i feel do really well is to show emotion in that portrayal of emotion uh that's what elicits the emotion from the viewer as well which is why when people ask me about 
K-dramas and why I'm so into K-dramas. I say it's it's a pure emotional experience. Um, mm. And I, I really like I was really moved by the amount of emotion that uh, Anvin Yuk shows. Uh, the the scene that Sana talked about earlier on in the episode where he receives the text from Bong Soon and is so excited and elated. Toxic masculinity is something that we've talked about uh, in in our informal circle, but uh, just just being able to combat that with portrayals of men who are who are very much men who are loved and adored as characters and as people, but uh, without having to focus on this idea that you can't show emotion and you have to be harsh and hard. I think I really really enjoyed the range of portrayal of men. I thought it was very refreshing. While we are on the line of discussion of toxic masculinity, I think, see, to a great extent, the show has really chucked that out of the window. But there have been instances that kind of pissed me off. One such instance is when, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, Anmanyuk and Kaktu try to stop Bong Sung from drinking. I'm like, who are you to tell her, bro? Yes. Like, It's so annoying. Like I know she can get a bit of out of control. I know that she has a lot of power that can go wrong if she uses it in a wrong way. But you really can't tell someone to do something and not do something. That's just annoying as hell. And uh, but on the same line, there's Mr. O, right? The head of the strategy strategy department of Anisoft. And dude, this this man is so hilarious. and like he's not afraid of being who he is and he's not mm. afraid of wearing those amazing clothes that he does wear i don't know why like uh, like we are recording this probably when the high styles woke cover thing blew up like recently right and yeah to have something that is like a societal norm wherein someone sets down how men are supposed to dress how men are supposed to behave how women are supposed to dress and how they're supposed to behave it's so damn annoying like the definitions that have been laid down by society in general any aspect i think our generation and the generation coming ahead are honestly battling in removing these said def- definitions because it's constraining yeah. in the way we are expressing ourselves and honestly it's constraining the way or in the path that we have to take to identify who we really are and i really love the fact that they have portrayed mr o the way he is you know like a man who likes more sugar in his coffee than actual coffee but is not afraid of like wearing that perfect wing liner or that beautiful choker I mean I would like to give such a massive oh, yeah. shout out to the actor who played oh Mr O he is such a brilliant actor I've seen him in multiple K dramas after that as well he's always in a supporting role but the range of characters that he has played and the amount of I, I don't know every time I see him I'm just so blown away mm-hmm. and in this show you know in particular well, he played like role. a double role mm-hmm. right as the gang mm-hmm. and as Mr O I think Exactly it was just so polar opposite i think and he just did such a brilliant job you know i think a perfect example of how armenyak was not does not fit into your regular toxic masculinity bracket is the video yes. game itself yes so the video game if you remember consists of the of of, of a main character inspired oh, yeah. by bomb whose objective is to save a prince yeah. who is stuck in a tower which i thought was just so inspiring i was like you know this is the kind of video yeah. game i want to be playing like <laughs> i don't play video games but i would play that one and i think that's just a perfect summary of what um 
I don't know, the relationship between Bongson and Anmanyu and just their dynamic in general. I thought it was so great. And I don't know, like, while I agree with Ananya, I thought Mr. Doe, uh, I, thought the, I thought the inclusion of such a character was so, so cool. But I, I don't completely agree with using non-straight characters mm. as comic mm. relief. Yes. Um, again, I feel like we are past that. Like, I'm not saying it was cool a couple of years ago, but I'm saying right now in the kind of era we are in, I don't know if we need this yeah. in exactly. order to be funny, you know? Like, um, especially with Mr. Doe. Uh, is it Doe oh, or Doe? Oh. Like or oh, 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 Secretary Doe and Mr. Doe. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Okay. Their dynamic this, um, itself, like how they made fun of it. Like, I understand that you're trying to be funny, but why? What? Just why? And that particular scene where uh, the two people who had come to attack mm. Minyo, um, in the in, in in his house and he, they <laughs> lay down on that that blanket with yeah. I know, the baby making blanket. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, I just like, have a question here. Sorry to butt in. Like, so mm-hmm. you know, with all these elements, so of course that did come up when I was thinking about the show as well. Do you think that they were a little homophobic? Yeah, I I don't know if it's homophobic. I I mean I don't know if I can go that far. But I feel like they were making fun of something that probably shouldn't be done. Like, if you're going to put in such characters just to use them for the laughs. Um, I don't know. It's not something I particularly agree with. Um, I was just, uh, I was going to say, I, I recently had a conversation with someone in college who I realized was also watching K-dramas. And she she brought up the fact that mm-hmm. uh, there's something that I actually started to think about as well is how the portrayal of men is a lot richer, I think, in K-dramas and that we can see in Strong Girl as well. Uh, but it isn't perfect. It still isn't perfect, I'd say. Uh, there are yeah. definitely points. For example, Gaktu's character is a good example. But And even though we've praised on... on whoa, I just forgot his name. <laughs> even though even though we've praised Min Hyuk's character so much, it, it isn't that he was flawless either. He did have his moments where... It was a little bit looking down the nose. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think uh, it, I was reading uh, this article recently that said that uh, sometimes movies and TV shows are a perfect reflection of society. I just, I think that that's the yes. case. I mean, we can be nitpicky about a utopia where everything is, is good and equal and each other the right way. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. this is the reality that we live in. And I think that's fair. Talking about how Armanyak wasn't flawless, there's this one particular of his which I didn't particularly like it was how he was very openly affectionate with Bongson yeah. in the workplace which she wasn't particularly comfortable with maybe I'm looking a little too much into it but as a woman in a workplace there is already so much to undermine you but knowing that you are dating the big boss um, and being very very open about it and there's a lot of favorism being showed your way isn't how I would like to begin my journey into a company where I have, like my dream job, is that how I would like to be inculcated? Probably not. And there were a lot of instances where she was not okay with it. Um, not okay with like skipping work or like when they went on their workshop, which was not a workshop. And she was just like, this is not a workshop. I thought we were going to be like brainstorming. He's like, no, I just came to look at the sea. And I was like, <laughs> okay, buddy. Like, hmm. Yeah. So I completely agree with Mansa because 
I was very conflicted, you know, like to a certain extent, I was wondering whether she would even be a part of the strategy team with her resume and everything if she hadn't been Minhyuk's uh, bodyguard. And that was a complete promise that was based on, you know what, I'll train you. And if you complete the training, then you can be a part of the strategy development team. And honestly, I don't think she would have made it, especially in a big company like that, into that team. And to a great extent, like it's just the perks of dating the big boss, right? But I'm also not, I mean, I also feel like they waited for Mr. O to accept her based upon her proposal. So I'm very conflicted on in, on that part. Like to a great extent, he did allow, give her the opportunity, but he did not enforce his opinion and compromise his company's working mm. for her. So I don't know. It's it's a it's a very confusing position, I feel, but not something that I would completely agree with uh, entirely as well. And coming to mm-hmm. the uh, fact that whether they were being homophobic or not, uh, I would use the word stereotypical instead of being homophobic because the way in which uh, the LGBTQ community per se is uh, depicted in uh, typical Indian serials it's very, very like, oh my God, like men who are gay are girlish or uh, women who are lesbians are very uh, manly in nature. Mm. And especially in a conservative um, society like India, and I, I really don't think South Korea is also that progressive. There might be segments of it that are progressive, but they are to a great extent traditional. When you portray such an image uh, yeah. to uh, in a family show, it's just going to reciprocate into the society and makes things worse for people who are in such a situation or have uh, a different sexuality. So it's not entirely well, supportive uh, in, in that case. I think uh, uh, Anmanyak was actually very hesitant to give her the job of getting being the designer or something. For yeah, he wasn't he wasn't ready at all, but. He just wanted her as a bodyguard, that's all. Mm. But she was like, she wanted it. And, you know, he was like, okay, fine. Let let her be an intern first, kind of a thing. He did see her resume. He did see her work. And he was like, okay, you know, maybe with training, she could somehow get there. And it was very, I don't know, it was, it was very legit. I mean, I don't think it was a work about dating a boss or anything. I thought it was perfectly normal. I mean, if I was working with someone for something else, but I, my actual interest was something else, and I, if I actually tell them that, you know, I want to do this, they would be like, oh, okay, show me your resume, show me your work. We'll see how this works. If you're good enough, yeah, we'll see how it can work. I mean, but he did like, yeah, he did the, like, you know, have that word, that sort of wooden mm. whatever desk that he had inside. I did. I think I would agree with Aranya though that there was a little bit of favoritism there um, because of their relationship. Yeah, I would. There were some things that he did, you know, out of his way, definitely. I just wanted to say, uh, like, how it comes off when uh, someone is uh, dating the boss. You know, like automatically as a woman, you're kind of portrayed as, you know, what she's she might not be much. Yeah, but the thing she's, is, the ball, she's getting all the perks. 
So it's that's another no no that's another uh, annoying thing that exists. Yeah, but the, the even though the guy was head over heels for her, you know, he didn't directly promote her. He could, he always he had the part to just directly promote her. But he was like, you know what? Let's let's take no, it no. step by step because in he saw general, how much she actually wanted it. She was really desperate for it. No, I'm saying in general. I don't think my issue was with respect to the promotion. Like it was just like the whole I don't know making her maybe uncomfortable a little bit and like. using his pull as boss sometimes to just like fuck off and like go on date um another thing that i really appreciate that i've seen in this k drama and in others is is friendship between men and interactions between men is That's not being so <laughs> fist pounding and room talking it's just very refreshing in the sense that men are allowed to be emotional with one another they they're allowed to be physically affectionate with one another mm. men hold hands uh, all of these all of these are actually normal but a lot of men in the, in the name of being men sometimes feel the need to shy away from being that level of emotional which i think um, i i appreciate seeing in in dramas like this but yeah okay so i have some questions posed by netizens online on strong girl so i was like curious to see um what you guys think of it the first one like to start off a little um like easy little light would be do you think the show was too cheesy hmm i liked it a little cheesy that's won't hurt anyone that's true <laughs> that's true uh the i think the the kidnapping and uh, uh murder a uh, subplot that existed within the show balanced out some of the cheesiness for me uh, but i also feel like this is when we were talking about whether this is a light or heavy drama i still classify it as a light drama but yeah i think i i, I it's still really really enjoyable even though there is some definitely some cheese in there i think it was not cheesy it was perfectly nice and lovely and honestly i i think after watching it uh i remember texting sanjana i i felt so empty for a week i'm like where is the love in my life <laughs> and uh in a way it kind of makes you want to experience that range of emotions not at that level but definitely a few aspects of it chua i agree it wasn't a cheese burst pizza it was just like a very well done like well balanced pizza so i i could i could eat with that level of cheese <laughs> love it i love it i love it and no you good <laughs> you fan oh my god my head hurts for me uh, i think it was you, uh, i enjoyed it it perhaps i see how it could come across as too cheesy for someone who's not like really into that but i think it was I wouldn't say well balanced. I think I do see it as being too cheesy, but I enjoyed that. I always am of the opinion that there's you can never have too much cheese. As a person who likes to cook, there is too much cheese. Next question. Next question. Okay, so we so we actually already covered this, but someone questioned the focus on the gang and whether it was needed. I guess we are sort of mixed on that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind it too much but I agree there were too many subplots. Yes. I like the gangs. I I I enjoyed it thoroughly. I laughed my uh, butt off. 
Oh, nice Thank day. Nice day. I was proud of her. She was Mangi while she became George of the Jungle. I, I am. George, George. I'm a pro. George of the Jungle, watch out for the tree. God, we are so distracting <laughs> you guys. I liked it. I liked it. Okay, wait, I have a point. So, um, actually, I never really minded the extra storylines. But I, you know, now have come to know after our almost now two-hour recording that yeah i guess there were so many plot lines but honestly while watching it i it didn't bother me at yeah. all like, everyone yeah. added something to it even though sometimes they did stray away from the main storyline i i enjoyed it because the side plots were really funny too so i i guess i was distracted by that i think for me they they just the they only got redundant for me the second time i watched uh yeah. the show mm. the first time it didn't bother me at all i was enjoying the flow that the narrative was taking i think the second time i was more focused on wanting to see minhyuk and uh bangsoon yeah. so i didn't really focus or pay much attention to uh the gangs and all the other side plots do you think that has a great deal to do with the fact that when we were watching it the first time we were equally drawn into both the crimes as well as the love story and we needed the comic reliefs in between but when it come when it when we went across it the second time around we knew what was happening in the crime side of it so we didn't yeah. see the need, need for the funny bits that much yeah i think so nice and a lot i mean i don't know. i don't know i feel like either way is both the times i watched it like the first time i watched it i didn't really like move like like fast forward like these these parts um but i wasn't particularly into it either i was like yeah okay whatever like i see it but then the second time i watched it i was definitely a lot more picky and maybe that's got to do with the fact that we watch so many more k dramas mm. so we expect a lot of standard um i mean it's a little unfair i suppose to hold bongsoon to like a sky castle standard because it's completely two different um themes but like I mean in general like the quality you're looking for I just didn't think the subplots made sense to me like it just it was very derailing very annoying I I don't know I feel like it's just me who was particularly annoyed by this I don't know why it was just so like so unnecessary and I don't know it wasn't just my cup of humor I guess probably Okay so do certain plot holes bother you so like i came across someone talking about how you know the bomb the bomb scene where they're on the rooftop so she just threw it and it exploded like a firework and there was no repercussion or for that matter strongle bongsoon's power itself did they like bother you at all i think the plot lines bit we did discuss about how they could have focused on the finer details when it came to the the crimes when it came to the uh, minhyuk's uh, family matters and everything like that but the bomb in particular yeah now that you pointed it out when she threw it it was like a po- proper firework and i'm like bombs don't work this way what's <laughs> happening there but um i think with regards to how it was constantly her, her using her power was constantly covered was because yeah to a great extent minyu uh, covered up for her right and even with kaptu later coming to know that she is a person behind hitting all the goons in the beginning and everything like that it became easier for her to cover up and 
so i think it doesn't bother me that much that particular plot line doesn't bother me that much i think uh, the, there were the only thing that i was a little confused by was there were points where bongsoon used her power where it wasn't necessarily for good oh mm-hmm. and it it was it was more so for convenience but there were never really any repercussions for that like as much as she feared that happening uh i think simple things like i mean yeah it is you, you can use your power to break walnuts but like you're not really doing good for anybody through that i don't know and, and there were there are instances that i can't recall now but there were definitely places where in a in a situation that governs this um this particular uh, idea of the power going away if you if you use it badly uh that didn't really stick uh, to the plot uh i just like to like point out yeah people did bring up the thing that in the beginning she does um sort of use her power for other things and so it sort of goes against the rules that um they lose their power but i think i could justify that with the fact that they were ultimately like they were not for a bad purpose mm. but then i guess yeah like you know how she ends the like how her power is gone is because i mean i think it does go against the plot line yeah but yeah people did point that in particular out yeah and yeah. Uh, i just want to take up ananya's point about the fireworks and all that just like how they you know then in that case you would think that the the poop alcohol <laughs> that was also very unnecessary but it wasn't see poop is something that we all think is like dirty bad <laughs> yeah that's a girl you. talk see <laughs> mansa to my rescue anyways <laughs> uh so yeah just like how we think poop is like the bad thing and then you know but here poop alcohol is something that can you know revive a person from horrible horrible uh, injuries and stuff i mean it's it's put a good use right just like that, i think they want to put a bomb which is like something bad and you know thing and then they put it to fireworks that everyone enjoys i think that's the i i see it that way That's a nice answer. That was an incredibly deep analysis. Thanks to our English teachers. <laughs> you know, I've evolved. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at least um in the show when they did the whole poop alcohol thing, they had this little disclaimer at the bottom which said that the medical benefits of this are not confirmed. <laughs> I agree. I think there were a couple of loopholes in the plot. One thing that really stood out to me was how they kind of dumbed down the police like the police were like really really dumb yeah like there were a lot of instances where the police seemed super incapable and like i don't know just comically bad you know mm-hmm. except for like maybe kuktu um who was like their stalwart like their knight in shining armor the best guy there mr upright which i thought was a little weird but i guess mm-hmm. it fit in with the whole comic theme yeah but in general i think the humor was a little tom and jerry at a lot of points you know very mm. cartoon cartoon like but i think that's what you signed up for when you watched it i suppose mm. i think i agree with mansa like the police were pretty dumbed down you know like first of all they mm. have the male lead acting as if like he doesn't trust the police at all 
which further sets in the idea that you know the police are kind of incompetent and then you have the chief of the borough who's acting not chief of the borough chief of the police uh, station who gets inspiration from by watching a investigation Asian. show that's so old and like i think gaktu also points out like watch csi or mentalist or something that's actually uh, you know has some sense and not uh, shows that are so crappy so i think uh they went a bit too extensive in showing that the police were not doing their job hmm. it was yeah i think for me uh, i think the only plot holes that i i mean plot holes i would say some things that were exaggerated would be her power of course but like the way that they did it it wasn't like um like you know nowadays when you have these bad like we talked about in last episode when you have bad cg it just puts you off but i think they mm-hmm. they did a fairly good job in mm-hmm. all their depictions even though they may have been a little uh, exaggerated at times i was too distracted by how funny it was or i was distracted yeah. by the other things going on so i personally yeah, didn't have a problem okay so with that i would like to wrap up this episode with i guess the question that we're all here for pongsun powerful girl or girl power i'm going last hey please are you always go last please yeah okay mummy tell us uh physically powerful so a powerful girl <laughs> interesting is that it yeah i think it's powerful okay. I, i don't think it's yeah, uh, mentally but what is it again powerful girl powerful girl powerful girl definitely I think in a sense it's uh, it's a little bit of both uh, I do feel like towards the end of her storyline at least she started to become a lot more comfortable with herself about who she was in her equations with the people around her um and comfortable with her power uh, and I I think uh, I think for me it's a little bit of both uh, I agree with Nidhi I feel like where she stops being or in the way where strong girl ends uh, a powerful girl begins Ooh. you know cuz <laughs> when you look at it to a great extent throughout the series she did not coexist with both these personalities it's mm-hmm. only towards the end that she accepted both of this uh, both of these sides to herself so i think that's where the common point lies mm. where one ends another begins um for me i'm also on nivi and ananya side i'm completely 50/50 on it i think on one hand you see her grow and there was that you know that whole refreshing point of view with this um, you know super girl and everything i mean it was just such a breath of fresh air and on one side you see her facing um real i think girl struggles like you know of insecurities I think I would lean on the girl power side um but I enjoy just watching her growth and watching all the role reversals and everything that the show had to offer. I think everyone has pointed this out. I think growth is like the biggest testament 
to like girl power i guess like just coming to terms with who you are is probably like the greatest service you can do to yourself and like just being yourself and there is this one particular instance that stands out to me it's when she's having a conversation with her grandmom and her mom and she says you know i'm at a stage where uh, before this i would have never wanted a girl child i would have always wanted a boy because i wouldn't wish this on anyone else and then she says you know what now i feel like i could i could have a daughter and i would be happy with that and i think that was just for me it was just such a nice moment like it was three generations of women women just sitting together and talking about how they want to like propagate this line of powerful women which is i don't know it was just very very it's a very ah oh, moment to be which was which really stood out and i thought it was definitely a girl power moment at the end of the day i think with even without her powers bongsoon was bongsoon which is what makes me say that it was definitely a girl power moment and to end i think there is an interesting thing i just observed which is that some um channels call it strong woman the bongsoon yes strong girl the bongsoon <laughs> interesting strong woman is probably a more appropriate term to be using here because she's she's definitely a woman i think calling her a girl does a little i mean it's a little bit of a disservice so i think that is a question for maybe our listeners to like talk about yeah so mm. with that after uh, almost i think we almost hit 3 hour recording <laughs> but i i mean i'm so glad i mean i see a uh, strong girl in a whole different light now and i'm so glad that we um went on this journey and rediscovered strong girl over all over again and yeah i hope the listeners um thoroughly enjoyed this episode as much as we did um you know recording it okay so yeah that's it for episode 1 and we hope you enjoyed it do hit us up on you know whatever social media is out there and we will uh, we love uh, we would love to have this discussion all over again with you know our listeners uh but you know till then see you soon uh we have a lot in store uh, over you know the coming episodes and yeah that's it from us for now bye bye Bye. Bye. No, 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 we're not doing bye like that. We need to buy together. Okay. One, one, two. two. Bye. 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 So bad. So, so bad. So bad. <laughs>